day, everyone. Uh, my name is Vince Hawkins. And I'm Bill Molden. And, and welcome to this week's installment of the Vince and Bill, Bill Show. Come on, it's good to be with you guys. <laughs> um, Bill, today, bro, I you preached a sermon from Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 16 and 17. And I don't have any other words except exegetical brilliance. <laughs> I thought you were just so on point today um, in this deep dive in this passage. And so if if you haven't, you probably need to go ahead and click on that button below and listen to this morning's sermon about prayer. I thought it was absolutely incredible. And so, bro, I thought you could maybe just spend a few minutes uh, just kind of sharing with us the journey uh, to this, you know, to, to, to breaking down, dissecting this passage uh, in the way you did for us this morning. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and this is one of the advantages of us just taking our time and going verse by verse through mm. through a book or through a passage of Scripture. Right. You know, normally uh, when you were putting together a sermon series, you would, you would maybe spend one sermon covering verses 14 through 21. Right. Uh, but because we just kind of felt like in this period of time, Paul's prayer at the end of this chapter really needed to be dwelled upon. Mm. And by slowing down, it allowed me to focus only on what Paul was doing uh, with his choice of words in verses 16 and 17. And so when you look at a word like uh, uh, that you may be strengthened, mm-hmm. and then you realize that that's only used four times in the New Testament. Wow. The other three are all about Jesus growing in stature. Wow. And then you have Paul using this word, uh, not necessarily about growing in stature, but growing in strength as far as like strengthening a wall. Mm. Uh, he's kind of painting a picture because ultimately this was going to lead to Christ dwelling in our hearts. Yeah. So by, by taking some time to slow down and go, what exactly needs to be propped up? What, what exactly needs to be fortified, especially with the spirit's power? And it is that that space that that space in our inner being that only belongs to God that but we try to fill with so many other things. Yeah, I thought that was a, a very important uh, point you made. I thought it was I thought it was amazing. First of all, as I went through the sermon, I mean, there were probably ten book titles, and <laughs> I don't know why this morning, as I'm listening to you preach, I'm going, "That's a book title." There's another book title. I mean, I was just I mean, you had so many great lines in this sermon, but that was one of the things you talked about. You talk about we, you know, the 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 space um that uh we need to make for God because Christ wants to dwell in us. You talked about we we have taken room away or taken space in our hearts, or taken space away in our hearts rather, so that Christ cannot dwell. Maybe you can expand on that a little bit. And to that point as well, you talked a little bit about our the complication or that we have a complicated relationship with prayer right. as humans. Right. So Yeah, and it, it the actually the two the two points there are actually totally interrelated. Yeah. Uh because we we are a society, we are a culture that that values things that produces certain results yeah. in a timely manner. Yeah. And by timely, I mean right now. <laughs> um you know, and so one of the things that that's hard for us is this idea of leaving emptiness, leaving space, leaving yeah. 
leaving this this kind of room in our lives when every in every other aspect of our life we pretty much try to fill it. Yeah. And and here Paul is asking us or is is praying for us and obviously wanting us to imitate him in prayer for others, but is is really praying that our souls not be so filled. Yeah. And and the complicated nature we have with prayer is that we tend to pray things that we could see immediately happen. Right. Or we give up on praying altogether. Yeah. And so we settle for prayers like, be with me, Lord. Yeah. That's that's a no-brainer. That's done. That's yeah. done before you even prayed it. Yeah. Um, and and we, we, we kind of come to God and we know we should be placing our anxieties before him. But the truth is we, we don't really... Like, is what, what exactly am I missing? And so because we can't find that what's missing, uh, we tend to, we tend to not rely on prayer. And yet what Paul is kind of uncovering for us, the missing thing is the missing savior. Yeah. He, he is, he is the one that has needs more room. We, we need to devote more space for him. Yeah. And so Paul's prayer kind of feeds right into that. And I think because we're, so, uh, you know, product related, impact related, if I do something a couple of times and it doesn't produce, then right. I'm going to try something else. And whereas Paul's like, no, leave room, make room. In fact, I'm going to pray that the spirit fortifies that cavern in yeah. your heart so that there is room for Christ to dwell. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing too. You talked about, you know, Christ dwelling and I, you made a point as well. You, you know, you, you said we are rooted and we're grounded in love. Amen. And, uh, just, you know, the strength of love. You, you even brought up a point, you know, you, you're amazed by the power of love, the strength of love when people buy into, Oh man. It. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, and the, the encouraging thing is that out in the audience, you know, we have people that are living that out in yeah. their romantic life. That's right. You know, we have, uh, we have Perry and Ronnie who are right in front of me. So for me, I was like going, what moves a man <laughs> to, to give up a month of his summer mm -hmm. to come down and serve middle schoolers? <laughs> I mean... This guy leads a campus ministry. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. is he is the boss man. He is becoming the right hand guy right. up in Lawrence. But yet, love moves. That's right. And he's buying in, and if and if hanging out with a bunch of middle schoolers allows him opportunity to hang out with Ronnie, that's a small price to pay. And I yeah. think, and and I do I do think though, when someone really understands how loved they are, yeah, by God, I I know for me. Uh, it was almost one of those things when I first started preaching this, I actually had a little bit of fear that if I preach too much about God's love or too much about God's grace, it'll give them everyone license mm. to just go sin. But it's the opposite is actually true. It's true. If people understood, if I understand how loved I am, yeah. just kind of like faithfulness to my wife. Yeah. I'm going to be faithful to God. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love sometimes looking at pictures of, of myself <laughs> and you kind of see the shape you're in and you kind of go <laughs> that, 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 that angle <laughs> does not complement this body shape at all. And the first thing I think of is I got to tell my wife, I love her because <laughs> she looks at that every day. 
And I go, that type of love moves me to, I am so grateful. I'll do anything for my marriage. And I think how much more when in my worst moment, when I look at that, I just go, God, how could you love me? And yet God's pouring out more love than I could ever comprehend. And I think the reason why I think taking some time to focus on these two verses is because of what Ed gets to preach next yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you need to be you need to this this cavern in your heart needs to be wide open so yeah. Christ can dwell there. You need to be rooted and established so that you can understand, so that you can have the strength to understand or comprehend yeah. the, with all the yeah. saints how yeah. great God's love That's is. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. Yeah, you know, and I thought it was well said. I thought I thought you made a great point. You you talked about how, you know, this God who loves us so much, you know, uh, showed that by making us His dwelling place. God could have dwelled wherever He could have could have created a, a mansion, a, a, an even bigger temple. Uh, and we could have gone there, traveled there, worshiped there. It would have been amazing. We would have been blown away like some of the beautiful cathedrals around the world. Right. However, God chose to dwell inside of us. And you just said God chose to make, make us his dwelling place, so make room for God. You're right. Yeah, and when you, the beauty about this is that, and as soon as you make room for God, you because of love, yeah. you immediately start making room for others. That's it. That's it. You know, and so this prayer really has the complete message of the gospel built into it. Yeah. Is that if if we can just keep the heart and the soul clear of clutter and quit trying to fill ourselves with things that produce salvation, you know, yeah. crying, I'm going to be the source of my own joy. I'm going to be the source of my own security. I'm going to be the, the source of my own, my own happiness. Instead of trying to fill that up, we leave, we, we leave room. Of course, the spirit creates room yeah. and Christ dwells. And then he dwells because we're loved irregardless. But then as we start to comprehend that, as we start to buy into that, yeah. we immediately start going, oh man, I want others yeah. to have that. Yeah. And yeah. I think, and I think this is this is why this prayer really sets up the rest of the book of Ephesians. Yeah, I thought that was a, obviously a great point. I mean, you know, Paul spends here. You know, you said, uh, you know, twenty two percent of the twenty two percent of the uh, of the book in prayer. Uh, which is great. And then you made the comment that uh, what if we spent 20 minutes of every hour praying well. with people? <laughs> and, uh, of course, I'm no math major, but uh, I thought, wait a minute, that's not 20. Wait. So I th- actually pulled out my calculator because I'm you not know, very good at math. math is math, <laughs> math right. really is suggestive. <laughs> you know, it's not – I mean – you know, I, I know that there are going to be some who listen to the sermon and hear me say, yeah, 20%, you know, that means 20 minutes out of every hour and go immediately roll their eyes. You're so judgy. You're so judgy, you know, but, uh, That's right. but yeah, I mean, but, but even, even if you, even if we were to think about it, you did the math and with that, try, 13, 13 minutes, 13 still, 
I mean, think about your average conversation with another brother or sister. You probably do talk for about an hour. Yeah. Are 13 minutes spent in prayer for yeah, one another? like Paul did for the church here. That yeah, was just, yeah, that's, that's, that's the that's point. That's the point. For, yeah. Forget the math <laughs> and focus on the heart. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I love it. Oh, man, I thought that was fantastic. Um, but really, great point. And then, Bill, you, you, you did something else, which... I thought it was masterful here, just how you brought all of this back to this idea of love. And, um, you know, you talked about how much good the church does. We do so many things well. Um, you talked about even during these times of uncertainty that we find ourselves often, you know, I love the illustration you pat in your pockets, wondering, what should I be doing? The, the world's going crazy. What can we do? What do we need to be doing? And of course, those are all the questions that we're asking. We want to find hope in the next election or yeah. find hope in some kind of systematic change, find hope in all of these other things. But the real, we have the answer. We have the answer as Christians to everything that's going on. And the um, problem is, it's, it's a little bit like prayer. We sometimes, we go, yeah, but that's not going to do it. We got to do something else. Yeah, We can't just yeah. pray and be Christians. No, no, no. What else can we do? And uh, so I, I don't know if you wanted to, maybe if you could share a little. I, I was blown away by that that part yeah. of it. It really moved me. So yeah, and I think uh, you know, and again, we're 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 going to get caught up in the hype and the yeah. hoopla yeah. and the emotion of the election coming up because no other election, maybe outside of the civil rights movements in the '60s and the elections that happened during that time, no other election in this current generation is going to evoke so much social interest yeah. than the one coming up. Right. Um, which makes me really sad that the candidates aren't more interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, but but yeah. what what ends up happening is that we start to we start to just forget the incredible power that is right at our fingertips yeah. when we look at this passage and and we kind of see that this is the prayer. This is the action. Um, and, and it's funny because we're, we're always looking for something to do. And Paul here is going, well, just do what I've been doing the first three chapters. Yeah. When you feel moved and you feel caught up, pray, you know, when you, when you're at the crux of what needs to change and you're about to dive into this, this incredible application and calling of the church to do something great. You need there needs to be covered first with prayer. Yeah. Um, it is it is the great action that's coming up. And I also think it's the great uh antidote to yeah. the emotionalism that uh is going to surround the media coverage and all, everything coming up. Man, if we're if we're focused in on you know what I want for these folks, you know what I want for our leaders, you know what I want for my friends and for the people that I know, I just want there to be room. Yeah. Room for Christ to dwell. I, yeah. I want them to know how loved and established they are. Yeah. Um, because if they can get that, then they might be able to understand. They might be able to understand how great the love of God is. You know, um, we started off talking about, I mean, you know, you, you talked about the complicated relationship we have with prayer. And um, one of the things that makes it complex is because it is 
simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sometimes the simple things are very difficult. It's right. like saying, hey, you know, hey, to stay out, you know, to stay out of debt, just don't spend more than you make. Yeah, simple, easy, right? Simple, <laughs> right? And but you're right. Oftentimes, when we say, when someone says this, they're going to pray for us. It doesn't feel like enough. We right. need something else. We want to do something else. We are we're anxious to do something else. And in those anxious moments of wanting to do more, man, if we could just be the people of prayer. I, I just got a, a picture, an image in my mind after the election is over and there will be sad people. <laughs> you know what I mean? And everyone will feel some way. Someone you're going to bump into is going to be greatly disappointed. Right. No doubt sure, about certainly. it. But what if we are the people, their images of us shrugging our shoulders and just saying, we're just going to pray now. Amen. We're just going to be people of prayer. Amen. We're going to pray for our leaders in authority as the Bible calls us to. We're going to pray with one another. We're going to pray through whatever we're going to, whatever is going to be. If we can be those people, we will make space. That's right. For Christ to dwell. That's right. But not only dwell in us, but in those moments of prayer, he is also dwelling in the hearts of of others. Amen. They have that same hole as you said. They have that itch. That's right. The only thing that's going to scratch it is our prayers. Amen. So I just really that's appreciate good. the lesson today, bro. Any closing words for you? Yeah, I just think uh this is this is really the call to action for the congregation yeah, right now. Yeah. And I think uh especially you know coming from your sermon last week uh to this week, I hope everyone's seen how seriously we're taking yeah. this call. Yeah. Um, because if we just, if our church by itself, and I appreciate uh, Jeff Hughes and his, his, his determination, That's right. he's decided to memorize this prayer and yeah. pray it every day for us. That's awesome. You know? And I'm like, well, what if we all yeah. did that? Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, with your sermon last week, which was that incredible, this is why we bow. And then, uh, and then this week we're getting kind of fed. Okay, well this is this is how it works. And Equally wh- incredible, more incredible, <laughs> whatever. And then and then you know, of course, Ed is going to take it a little bit different, yes. uh, deeper with uh, just the the incredible picture that Paul paints of God's Amen. love for us. You know, my hope is that the church will start to go. I believe that. Amen. I want that. Amen. And this is something we can do that we know will make all the difference. That's right. This is the, there's no better time for us to pray. Amen. uh, Than now. And I believe that's the call of the hour. So bro, thank you again. Uh, It's great to be with you all today. Oh man. Uh, Thanks for listening in. Uh, We will, we'll be back next week. Next week. With Ed Carr. Edward. (laughs) All right guys. Bye-bye. Bye now.